tracking gun buyers. It's happening right now, whether you know it or not. You know they just want to get you on the list. We're going to talk about that coming up tonight. The Supreme Court of the United States is just too old, and they don't get it. And they're making decisions on things they don't understand. Mm, not kidding. Wait till you hear this one. And iPhone users, listen up. Change your settings. I'm going to tell you about that tonight. If you use an iPhone, you need to pay attention. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. I'm that guy. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch.tv. And if you're watching on Rumble, thank you, but you're not watching it live. You're watching a recording. And that's for the foreseeable future the way we're going to do our show on Rumble. We need to be on Rumble because it is an amazing platform. It's fantastic. Our channel over there, The Jay Sheldon Show, please follow. Right over here is a button that says follow. Just click that. It's free. And uh, the problem is that the live ability for Rumble to take my feed is just not fast enough. <clears throat> Whether it's Rumble or me or a combination, I think, of the two. It ain't working. And for example, in our last show on uh, Monday night, was it Monday? What is today? I don't even know anymore. Anyway, it was like completely delayed. The live feed paused for 5, 10, 15 minutes. It was insane. You can't watch that crap. So we will be uploading the show to Rumble about an hour after we're done with our live show. If you're watching it, on Rumble, thank you very much. Don't forget to follow. Uh, but also, if you'd like to watch us live, you can always catch us on YouTube or Twitch.tv or Facebook. You can just look up The Jay Sheldon Show, give us a subscribe or a follow over there, and uh, check it out. Yeah, all right, so we got all that and more coming up tonight. Uh, and a brand new sponsor, we want to thank them very much. I will tell you about that coming up in a little bit. Right now, though, it's time to get you updated on our favorite furry little friend, our three-year-old Shiba Inu, who is known lovingly as Miko. And why are we in the dark? <laughs> I don't know. All right, there we go. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, she's doing great. She had a, a food thing again today. She didn't want to eat. I don't know. Go figure this dog. I don't know. We love her to death. We'd do anything for her. But her eating habits are driving me up the freaking wall. Uh, she just finished shedding. Uh, twice a year about, they have what's in the Shiba Inu world called a blow. And the fur that comes off these dogs is unbelievable. My entire house looks like a snowstorm. This is not Miko, but I wanted to share this video with you to show you. It's time-lapsed, it's sped-up footage of exactly what we go through when one of these Shiba Inus has a blow. Take a look. If you're listening on our podcast, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you may listen to your podcast, we're there, The Jay Sheldon Show. Please subscribe or follow. Go over to our video on Rumble and check it out. Look at the fur. This uh, this is absolutely true. I do this twice a year. Um, look at the fur. Look at that. This is, look at that. This is insane. And it's still coming out. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah, there you go. Take a look at that. 
And of course, she's happy as a pig and stuff because she had a, a good brush out. But that is the, <laughs> that is the kind of fur fall we get twice a year when you live with a Shiba Inu. Our <laughs> Miko update is brought to you by BarkBox.com slash Miko. It is a great site. Check it out, please. The link is in our show notes. And uh, they sponsor the Miko update every show. And we love them for it. It is a monthly subscription service for your pet, you'll for your dog specifically. And you will get a box every month themed, a different theme every month, two toys, two bags of treats, and a dog chew inside. They'll be sized right for your dog. You can tell them when you place your order. And also, if you have any, your dog has any uh, allergies, you know, fish, seafood, chicken, beef, there's a checkbox and you just check it off and they'll make sure that you don't get it. The guys at BarkBox.com, guys and gals over there, are absolutely fantastic. They offer a 100% guaranteed, satisfaction guaranteed. Anything ever you don't like, they will fix it. They will make it right, 100% guaranteed. And if you sign up with our special link, BarkBox.com slash Miko, you'll get a free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. Now, if you look in our show notes down below, you'll see there's the BarkBox.com slash Miko. Then it says, or, and there's another special limited time link. If you would prefer, you can get a free dog bed when you sign up for BarkBox.com. Click that link instead, and that will take you to the site and get you that free dog bed. It comes in small, medium, and large, three different beautiful fabrics, and three different sizes, of course, depending upon the size of your dog. So whatever you'd like, if you want the free month, or the free dog bed. The links are in our show notes. You can check it out. You will not, I promise, I guarantee you will not be disappointed because uh, the folks at BarkBox are fantastic. They do a, a great, great job over there. And we thank you, BarkBox, for all that you do. All right, what else we got going on? We got our main topics for tonight going on. I'm telling you... <laughs> It just never, you know, from the beginning, I've told you before, we've covered it on this show. All they want to do is get you gun owners on a list. They just want to know. So when you, uh, when you, when they start looking for you, when they come for your guns, they know who's got them and what you have. This is from reclaimthenet.org. It's a scary, scary article. Discover Cards, you know, the credit card Discover, is now officially going to start tracking gun buyers. And other payment processors are expected to follow very soon. Credit card provider Discover will start tracking purchases at gun retailers in April, just a couple of months away. It'll make it the first company to officially do that. Last September, the International Organization for Standardization, which determines payment card merchants' categories, approved a dedicated code for gun retailers. So when you make a purchase at a gun retailer, there is a specific code. It doesn't matter what you're buying, gun, ammo, holster, leathers, whatever it is. If it goes through that gun shop, it has a code that indicates that purchase was made at a gun retailer. It's an attempt to help 
law enforcement solve gun-related crimes, so they say. The reality, folks, is that it is an attempt. It's not an attempt. It's a blatant in-your-face happening to put you on a list of who owns guns. Proponents of the initiative, mainly left-wing politicians and gun control activists, hope it'll help in the investigation of gun-violent crimes in the U.S. That's the sorry-ass excuse that they're using. Discover said, the card said, the company said, new code will be included in the next policy update, which is scheduled for April. The competitors, Visa, American Express, MasterCard, have not yet complied with this ISO code. ISO said the new code will be available for them to use if they want to by the end of the month. The decision to use the new merchant category code eventually is left up to the users in the industry. The ISO creates these codes, and if MasterCard, Visa, Amex, whatever wants to use them, they can or they cannot. Discover has already just said, we're going to use it. The U.S. payment cards market, Discover has a 2% share. Wow, MasterCard 26%, American Express 11%, and the leader, Visa, 61%. Wow. So thankfully, the Discover card just ain't that popular, but they're tracking you. You're going to be on a list. I would strongly suggest if you are making purchases at a gun shop, you do not use your Discover card. And you keep an eye on this story, and you find out when these crazy bastards are going to start using it on the other cards. And then you do that. And until they finally don't allow you to use cash anymore, I would strongly suggest you use cash. And Miko does too. (laughs) Oh, man. She's having a hard time tonight. I don't know what's got up her craw, but she has been screaming at everybody that drives by or walks by the house tonight. Listen to that. She's going crazy. Man. Miko, BarkBox.com, okay? Slash Miko. Honestly, she's nuts. (laughs) All right. Our Supreme Court lately has been asked to make decisions... And as you know, the Supreme Court is full of a bunch of old farts. Seriously, is there an age thing for being a Supreme Court justice? I don't think there is. Like being the president, you know, you have to be a certain age. Was it over 45 or something? I don't think for the Supreme Court there's an age thing that's required. Anyway... The just look at this. It's from uh, FoxNews.com. Yeah, I know Fox News, but bear with me, okay? Doesn't change the facts. The Supreme Court justices have been completely confused during arguments in the Section 230 case against Google that could potentially reshape the internet. Elena Kagan, the justice, said she and her colleagues are not like the nine greatest experts on the Internet. The Supreme Court heard oral arguments Tuesday in the first of two cases this week that explore the extent of what legal protections are given to tech companies like Google that provide a platform for third-party users to publish content. Twitter, Google, Facebook, you know, all of them. 
The case in question, which is Gonzalez versus Google, deals with recommendations and algorithms that are used by sites like YouTube that go further than simply allowing users to post content, but arrange and promote the content to users in a certain way. This show, for example, whether you see it or not in your suggested news feed, depends a lot on whether you like the video. So please, if you're watching on YouTube, do that. Same thing with Facebook and Rumble, Twitch. And whether or not you're subscribed. That subscriptions and follows are huge with the algorithm. So again, that's why I keep asking, please, to just punch that button over there that says follow or subscribe, because it really helps the show and it's free to you. But anyway, they're facing litigation over allegedly recommending videos created by ISIS and used to recruit new members. Now, Section 230, if you don't know, is the Communications Decency Act. It's a part of that that says that YouTube, Google, Facebook, Twitter are immune to legal claims based on the content posted by their users. The justices and the parties involved wrestled with whether the way in which the content is presented is itself a form of speech. Well, of course it is, but, you know, they're arguing about it. And whether it is, a, uh, it is via clear recommendations or by an algorithm. Well, the problem is the justices on the Supreme Court barely know how to turn on their laptops or tablets. These are not internet-savvy people, and educating them ain't going to work. At times, the issues and the arguments got very murky, pushes, pushing even the justices to the point of confusion. Justice Elena Kagan said, I mean, we're a court. We really don't know about these things. You know, these are not like the nine greatest experts on the internet. Uh, minutes earlier, Justice Samuel Alito told the plaintiff's attorney, Eric Schnapper, that he was, Alito said, I'm completely confused by whatever argument you're making at this present time. These are the people making decisions about the Internet and Section 230 and very, very important things. And they don't, they're like, oh, uh, internet? What's that? I, something's got to give. This is insane. There's more info in here in this article. It's in our show notes tonight if you want to check it out. But uh, you got to, <laughs> I'm telling you, it is scary that these people hold this kind of power in their hands. And, uh, and they have no idea what they're talking about. We live in a crazy world, my friends. We do indeed. And if you didn't need more proof of that, here's another one for you from Blaze, theblaze.com. Links in our show notes. A middle-aged man, here we go again, who identifies as a woman. He's middle-aged. He is playing cricket against girls as young as 12. And he has so far injured a player and an umpire. Concerned parents in the UK 
have sent multiple letters to the cricket governing body over what's described as a middle-aged transgender woman, which means a man, participating in sports against girls as young as 12. Letters sent to the England and Wales Cricket Board, according to Fox News, expressing concern about the player, whose exact name and age have not been revealed. The parents say the person has an unfair advantage over the girls, having already gone through puberty as a male. Current rules under the ECB state that trans women may compete in any female-only competition, league, or match and should be accepted in the gender in which they present. Meanwhile, coaches are getting hurt. Players are getting hurt. And hear this, they describe him as middle-aged. So what is that? Let's say 40. A 40-year-old man who just wants to pretend he's a woman is playing against these, in some cases, 12-year-olds and has already injured players and an umpire. And this crap has to stop. I don't know what, you know, it's like I said last last show on Monday. It's going to take you running over to the window, opening it up, throwing your head out and saying, I am mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. It's the only way anything's going to change is when you finally say enough. Unbelievable. Seriously. All right. Coming up, we're going to give you a nice warning. If you own an iPhone, you're going to want to pay attention. Yeah. Uh, All right. We got that coming up. All of a sudden, I got some horrible lag. But right now, we want to welcome a brand new sponsor to the show, and that is Skillshare. Brought to you by Skillshare tonight, the online learning community that is helping millions of people to discover their passion to take the next step in their creative journey. If, if you are a creative person of any kind, you're going to want to check this out. They have tons of classes on things like productivity, fine art, marketing, graphic design, ranging in difficulty from for anybody from beginners all the way to an expert, full-blown masters. Now, most of the classes they offer are under 60 minutes, and every class is always 100% ads-free. You know, you're watching a YouTube video, and eh, we'll be back, and you have to wait and hit the five-second button. They're ads-free over there on Skillshare. Uh, I know how much you guys love ads, except this one. This one you love, right? Anyway, they are always adding new premium classes, so there's never a dull moment. And Skillshare's entire catalog now has subtitles in a bunch of different new languages. So even if you don't speak English, they offer classes in Spanish, subtitles in Spanish, French, Portuguese, Dutch. You click on the link in our description in the show notes, in the show notes, newts, I did it again. The very top link in our show notes is our special link, which will get you a special free trial from the Jay Sheldon Show and Skillshare. You can start your free trial with our special link. That's the top link in our show notes for Skillshare. Check them out. 
Research it. I encourage you to do that. Find out more about it. But this is a fantastic company. You know, during the pandemic, most of us work from home. I still mostly work from home. And we got used to doing this whole online thing. Well, you can turn that into some profit because not only can you sign up to take these classes at Skillshare, you can create an account and sign up to teach classes at Skillshare. Make some money. Fantastic idea. Whatever it is, whether you're a teacher or a student, you want to improve your game, up your game, get better at what you do, you'll be amazed at the thousands of classes they have available online at Skillshare. Check on that link in our show notes tonight. And thank you to Skillshare for uh, sponsoring part of our show tonight. We really appreciate it. Brand new sponsor. And welcome to the folks at Skillshare. All right. Check it out. It's in our link. All right. You own an iPhone? You're going to want to pay attention to this. An Israeli woman uses her iPhone in front of the building housing the Israeli NSO group near Tel Aviv. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security Agency issued an alert to Apple products this week due to security vulnerability for iPhones, iPads, and Mac OS devices as Apple announced it would be releasing security updates for those flaws. The threat was substantial enough to draw an alert from the DHS's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, which issued a statement February 14th, so just a week ago. Apple updates uh, include ISO 16.3.1, iPadOS 16.3.1, and Mac Ventura 13.2.1. None of that means anything because I'm not a Mac user, but if you are, and millions of you are, you'll know what that means. The firm is rolling out Safari 16.3.1 to older Apple operating systems, including Mac OS Big Sur and Mac OS Monterey. Now, Apple's released security updates to address the vulnerabilities in a multiple, in many different products. An attacker could exploit these vulnerabilities to take control of your device. This is serious stuff. They're not screwing around. The bulletin advisors, users, and admins to review the Apple security updates page for products and apply the necessary updates now. Don't wait. Do it now. This article, which has a few more details, is in our show notes tonight, and you can check it out. Uh, It includes all the details you need to know, and you need to know them because it's a mess. You are more than a little vulnerable. All right, what else we got going on here? We got the Daily Signal. Oh, (laughs) you know, while Biden is overchecking on his 10% in the Ukraine and ignoring things happening in East Palestine, Ohio, by the way, I believe today uh, President Trump will be visiting. So thank God at least the real president of the U.S. is going to pay attention to something important happening in our country. Anyway, as he continues to also ignore the southern border and millions of illegal immigrants pour across, one thing that people haven't thought about 
are the other borders. And believe it or not, it's bad. From the Daily Signal, the link's in our show notes if you want to read the whole article. Illegal immigrants are now using the northern border too. Yeah, U.S.-Canada border, there it is. America's southern border is not the only one experiencing a dramatic increase in the number of illegal immigrants attempting to cross into the country. Customs and Border Patrol reports record numbers of encounters with illegal immigrants at our northern border with Canada. The southern border gets all the attention. Everybody talks it well. Everybody except the Biden administration talks about the southern border problems and the cartels and everything. But both of America borders are wide open because of the failed policies of this moronic administration. The director for the Center for Homeland Security and Immigration with the America First Policy Institute. So far in fiscal 2023, which began October 1st, Some 55,736 migrants have been encountered at the northern border, our border with Canada, nearly as many as were encountered in 2020 and 2021 combined in just the first quarter of this fiscal year. If this continues, the northern border, where no one's paying attention, will experience a record number of encounters this year. In fiscal 2022, they reported 109,500 encounters at the northern border. The administration is setting all the wrong records, folks. And the threats to our national security... We haven't seen exactly what may well come of this mess. (sighs) Uh, We talked about uh, Discover Card tracking your, using a code to track your, your gun purchases. And I suggested maybe use cash. Maybe use gold. This is a story from Malaysia, but it's Fascinating, and I don't know that you guys have this in the U.S. Public Gold has launched its first ATM machine, which dispenses gold. Not kidding. Look at this thing. Hang on just a quick second, because some part of this is a little screwy. Oh, no, I don't want that. I disappeared. Come back. (laughs) There I am. All right, let's go back over here and try this one more time. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Unbelievable. Okay, yeah, Public Gold has launched its first gold dispensing ATM, and there it is. Look at that. That's a gold dispensing ATM machine. From Kuala Lumpur, our capital city, Public Gold Group has launched the first automated teller machine known as Malaysia Gold ATM. It's at Manara Public Gold. To consumers can purchase physical gold bars. You put in the money or your credit card and boop, out pops a gold bar. 
Unbelievable. He said the Malaysian gold ATM enables consumer to purchase physical gold bars with 999.9% purity, which ranges from uh, ranges up to five grams per bar. Wow, that's a lot of money. It, the machine operates 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Anytime you want, three o'clock in the morning, you need some gold, muscle up to the ATM machine and, and you got gold. <laughs> Just weird. You want to know more about it? Check it out. The links in our Facebook are in our show notes. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing ever. All right. What else we got? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah, this is the coolest thing ever. We always end the show on a couple of good news stories. Now, if you are squeamish, this might kind of bug you. It doesn't bug me. And I'm a little bit squeamish. You know what this is? It's a dragonfly. I love dragonflies. I have always loved dragonflies my whole life. Uh, some cultures believe that dragonflies signify good luck. And I, every time I see a dragonfly, I think about that. They're not dangerous. They don't bite. They're incredibly helpful. We have a lot of dragonflies in our area here. I love seeing them. Uh, and they eat a ton of mosquitoes, by the way, and other bad bugs. But take a look at this. Somebody got this video. Again, if you're listening on the podcast... You have to check out the video on our Rumble show, our video. Watch this little watch this little dragonfly guy. He's on the end of somebody's finger, and they've put the probably a camera phone there, and they're shooting this guy who's cleaning himself. Look at that. And they will sometimes they'll land on your on your finger or your hand or something. Again, don't kill dragonflies. They are completely harmless. They do not bite. They do not sting. They are our friend. We love dragonflies. And look at this guy. Look at that. Just hanging out, saying hi. That's not even a scary face. It's kind of a cute face. <laughs> That's a great video. I saw that. I had to share it with you guys tonight. It's fantastic. All right. We got one more little uh, story here before we move on to our book. We're reading White Fang, by the way. We Again, this is a Malaysia story, but you're going to love it. It's another good news story. We have a king. We call him Agong here in Malaysia. And uh, every state has a sultan, the head of that state. Every, I don't know, five years, is it? I forget. Every so many years, a different sultan in a particular order becomes the new main king of Malaysia. Well, our current king is the coolest guy. Not to say the other kings are, weren't or won't be, but this current king, love him to pieces. He is the most down-to-earth, amazing Agong. Uh, and check out this story. It's from the World of Buzz. Links in our show notes. This little guy, 
bravely grabs the king's arm for a photo op and it made his day and the and the king the agong could not have been more pleasant about it now protocol says you don't just go up and grab the arm of the king but hey it's a little kid most commoners would feel shy to fearful to even approach the royal families in order to ask for a picture but one little boy thought no need to be scared especially considering our young Dipertuan Agong is super friendly and he is uh, he's currently out and about at Pulau Tioman in Pahang where his highness was seen riding a motorcycle around town and having chats with the residents there and that's the thing about this king. He will just do that. He'll he'll eat at some little roadside stall and have nasi lemak or mee goreng or something. And this little five-year-old kid, look at that. Here's, I think there's a video here somewhere. Yeah, here we go. Check this out. Just mute that. There he goes. He just goes up. Agong is standing there. He's just dressed in a golf shirt. Look at that. Agong makes a comment about his football shirt. <laughs> this, this is a king of the people. This is an Agong for the citizens. I love this guy to pieces. He is such a down-to-earth guy. Uh, you may or may not agree with his politics or his way he rules, but when it comes to meeting people and being as down to earth as you can be. He's got it going on. It's fantastic. All right. So it's time for our book. Are you ready? We've been reading books on this show for the longest time, and we're continuing to do that. We've done The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, The Little Prince, you name it. We've done so many classic books. When we're done with White Fang, we're thinking about moving to Treasure Island. Go to the GutenbergProject.org. That's where we get all our books from. They're in the public domain. And check out all the books there. We're thinking about doing Treasure Island next. It's a long book, but it's an amazing book. So we'll, we'll see. If you have a suggestion, you can email us, show at jsheldon.com. Or send us a PM on any one of our social media platforms. We'll be happy to hear from you. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, or Rumble.com. You can leave a comment in our videos. And uh, we'll, we take your suggestions. Some of the books we've done are because you've suggested it. So we're at uh, Chapter 4, The Trail of the Gods, in the book from Jack London, first published in 1906, White Fang. In the fall of the year, when the days were shortening and the bite of the frost was coming into the air, White Fang got his chance for liberty. For several days there had been a great hubbub in the village. The summer camp was being dismantled and the fall, the tribe bag and baggage was preparing to go off for the fall hunting. White Fang watched it all with eager eyes. When the teepees began to come down and the canoes were loaded at the bank, he understood. Already the canoes were departing, and some had disappeared down the river. Quite deliberately, he determined 
to stay behind. He waited his opportunity to slink out of the camp to the woods. Here, in the running stream where ice was beginning to form, he hid his trail. And then he crawled into the heart of a dense thicket and waited. The time passed by. He slept intermittently for hours. And then he was aroused by Gray Beaver's voice calling him by name. There were other voices. White Fang could hear Gray Beaver's squaw taking part in the search. And Mitza, who was Gray Beaver's son. White Fang trembled with fear. And though the impulse came to crawl out of his hiding place, he resisted it. After a time, the voices died away, and sometime after that, he crept out to enjoy the success of his undertaking. Darkness was coming on, and for a while he played among the trees, pleasuring in his freedom. And then, and quite suddenly, he became aware of loneliness. He sat down to consider listening to the silence of the forest and perturbed by it. But nothing moved nor sounded. It seemed ominous. He felt the lurking of danger, unseen, unguessed. He was suspicious of the looming bulks of the trees and the dark shadows that might conceal all manner of perilous things. And then it was cold. There was no warm side of a teepee against which to snuggle. The frost was in his feet, and he kept lifting first one forefoot and then the other. He curved his bushy tail around to cover them, and at the same time he saw a vision. There was nothing strange about it. Upon his inward sight was impressed a succession of memory pictures— He saw the camp again, the teepees, the blaze of the fires. He heard the shrill voices of the women, the gruff basses of the men, and the snarl of the dogs. He was hungry. He remembered pieces of meat and fish that had been thrown at him. There was no meat, nothing but a threatening and inedible silence. His bondage has softened him. Irresponsibility had weakened him. He'd forgotten how to shift for himself. The night yawned about him, his senses accustomed to the hum and bustle of the camp, used to the continuous impact of sights and sounds, were now left idle. There was nothing to do, nothing to see nor hear. They strained to catch some interruption of the silence and immobility of nature. They were appalled by inaction and by the feel of something terrible impending. He gave a great start of fright. A colossal and formless something was rushing across the field of his vision. It was a tree shadow flung by the moon from whose face the clouds had been brushed away. Reassured, he whimpered softly. Then he suppressed the whimper for fear that it might attract the attention of the lurking dangers. A tree, contracting in the cool of the night, 
made a loud noise. It was directly above him. He yelped in his fright. A panic seized him, and he ran madly towards the village. He knew an overpowering desire for the protection and companionship of man. In his nostrils was the smell of camp folk. In his ears the camp sounds and the cries were ringing loud. He passed out of the forest and into the moonlit open where there were no shadows nor darkness. But no village greeted his eyes. He'd forgotten. The village had gone away. His wild flight ceased abruptly. There was no place to which to flee. He slunk forlornly through the deserted camp, smelling the rubbish heaps and the discarded rags and tags of the gods. He would have been glad for the rattle of stones about him flung by an angry squaw, glad for the hand of gray beaver descending upon him in wrath, while he would have welcomed the delight Lip-Lip and the whole snarling, cowardly pack. He came to where Gray Beaver's teepee had stood, and in the center of that space it had occupied, he sat down. He pointed his nose at the moon. His throat was afflicted by rigid spasms. His mouth opened, and in a heartbroken cry, bubbled up his loneliness and fear, his grief for Kiche, all his past sorrows and miseries, as well as his apprehension of sufferings and dangers to come. It was the long wolf howl, full-throated and mournful. It was the first howl he had ever uttered. Wow, that's a good place to leave off. All right, we'll continue on with this amazing book coming up on our Saturday show, Saturday night, 10 o'clock, on uh, all the usual channels, which includes, of course, Facebook, twitch.tv, rumble.com, and YouTube. I'll see you again on Saturday night, 10 o'clock Malaysian time. Thanks so much. Please, please, please just take a second, hit that follow button or subscribe, but on, on rumble.com it's follow, Facebook follow, twitch.tv and, and uh, YouTube is subscribe. Helps the show out free to you, and we really appreciate it. I will see you again Saturday night. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.